if it was illegal to say stupid things into a microphone. Why must you be so stupid? These guys would be doing life without parole. Hey, everybody, we're back from prison. Why do we keep encouraging this kind of behavior? It's the Breaking the Ice podcast with Josh Dolan. You know, we could, like, go to jail for this. Along with Mike Shue and Isaiah Moskahanna Bonsa Mana Blitz Boskowitz. Whatever the hell his name is. What's up, Shane? It's got to be know, Shane yeah. Vitko. It is. <laughs> That's definitely not Isaiah. No, it's not Isaiah. <laughs> What's Isaiah's, up, Shane? Hey guys. You know, just another day in shitty L.A. Shitty L.A., huh? Oh. I mean, these days, yeah, dude, it's just, it's just too much. It's too much. I'm getting ready to uh, – I'm flying out to Texas next week to go look at houses, and then I think me and my girl are dipping in January. Are you going to so move what, in with what, Joe Rogan? <laughs> right he's in austin yeah. yeah i see i looked at austin i looked at new Bronzefell, and then we found this area in montgomery county just kind of north of houston on lake conroe and uh i don't know why texas i have no fucking clue i mean we just looked around all i know is i can get a four bedroom two bath yard garage run around naked put a hammer on the wall if i want and pay 1300 a month i'm in a one bedroom shoebox in shitty Koreatown and I pay like $2,500 a month. It's insane. Wow. wow. That and sounds got, a lot better than the houses I was looking at in Worcester though. Well, I wouldn't look in Worcester either, but. Oh, really? Uh, I live in Worcester. So watch your <laughs> mouth. Okay. I don't care if you're like uh, fucking ripped and you could tear my head off with two fingers. I'll fucking nah, nah. city with my fucking life. I love this place. That's great. Um, nah. What, yeah. so is, that the, is that the only, we're recording by the way. So is that the oh, only perfect. reason why you want to leave LA? Is there, is just the cost of living and it's just not, not the kind of atmosphere you want uh, to be with well, your fiance? I think, I think it's a multitude of things. I think it's like, um, you know, I came out here in 2015 from Boston. I came out here to get sober. Um, I stayed sober the first year I was out here. I got into four motorcycle accidents, Jeez. had shoulder surgery, fractured my back. So I kept relapsing and pain pills and stuff. And then, uh, I just celebrated two years sober and I feel like in Congrats. this last, thank you. And in this last two years, I mean, you know, I my so December would be five years in LA and it's like, that was my five year plan is like, I just turned 40. I didn't really know where my life was headed. And in the five years, I've made so many connections and, and, and done so many different things. But in this last two years, my life has got huge, you know, and um, uh, like I got into acting and I got into a lot of stuff that is just kind of on halt right now because of COVID. So it's like, what's next? And you know, I, I started Deviant Gentleman and I started a brand and uh, me and my, my girl's British and we're going to start a tea company called Boston and the Brit because why oh, should nice. you know? Not I just Boston, feel like, you're not calling it Boston Tea Party or, <laughs> you know? Well, I, I wanted to give her some leeway on that, you know, okay. kind of. Uh, you know, Finally, Bostonians think, and British are working together on tea. So it's right, right, right. No, <laughs> I told her Harbor Water. Yeah, yeah. I told her Paul Revere would not be happy if he did, <laughs> uh, day. but but yeah, man. So I just feel like you know, if things changed, I guess I could always come back. But you know, I've tried so many different things, and like you know, I I, I was in a play, and if you told me back home, like I, I grew up in Reading, and for me, it was always like. You know, you didn't want to be a kid from a town. You wanted to be from the city. You wanted to be from Boston. You wanted to be from Southie. You wanted to be from Charlestown. Like, that was where the tough kids were, not from Reading. And um, uh, 
Oh shit, I lost my train of thought. But uh, yeah, man, I I I, uh, I came out here and and just uh, I, I guess I was allowed to finally tap into me and like be okay with me and uh, and try different things and and try a play and try acting and try all this new stuff and and then it turned out like wow, this is actually kind of fun and who gives a shit what people think and it turns out it was just my own insecurities. No one made fun of me. My friends came and and checked it out and they were like, dude, that was so cool, you know. And it's it's just one of those things where I feel like. Every time I've been more vulnerable and put myself out there, I've gotten so much more love and people reaching out to me than when I'm closed off and angry and bitter and I'm just pushing everyone away. And, and because of that, my life is huge and I have tons of great connections now. You know, you know you, I, I, you're saying some things that you touched on in the last episode of the uh, Deviant Gentleman podcast. I think it was the last episode. I, I can't remember the name of the guest. He was a... He wrote a book. He's a former Marine. He yeah, uh, teaches personal uh, Byron, security. Yeah, Byron Rogers. That's it, Byron Rogers. And you guys kind of touched on that. Like, if you can't show your vulnerability, you're not like a whole person. Not, not just like a whole, you're not really a man, not a whole man. You're just not a whole person if you can't, you know, be open about yourself like that. I mean, I, I think we just, we have a bunch of scared boys running around from my generation and then obviously from the ones that follow, you know? Mm -hmm. and. um it's just, you know, you, you grow up in this culture of like, you know, it's just not, it's not cool for guys to sit around and say that they're sad or that they're depressed or that they're unhappy or that my dad's an alcoholic or that, you know, my, my dad hits my mom or that my mom. We don't do that kind of stuff. So when you finally get to a place of getting, getting willing, what's going on? Over I don't know what's going on. Know. Isaiah just popped up and now it's like sonic chaos at a really, like, <laughs> at a point where you're like being vulnerable. Right, like, right, right. right. Like, <laughs> just make me shut down again right, and put exactly. up a wall. Like, what the fuck? This guy's like pouring out his heart to us here. Um, but, but yeah, man, I think like, I think a lot of guys and like, I work with a lot of veterans and uh, like, I'm a breathwork facilitator now. So my full-time job, I work in treatment and then I also have a private practice and I, I help people process and heal from emotional trauma and the shit changed my life, man. And like, I mean, it was a multitude of things. I didn't just do breath work and then my life was great. But what it did was knock down these walls to think that I couldn't cry and I couldn't feel these emotions. My mom died when I was six and like, that was, you know, that was my best friend. That was the biggest trauma to date that's happened to me and then you stack on trauma from six to 13 to 20 and if you're not dealing with that stuff then you just become this big ball of resentment and afraid and everyone's gonna die and uh i can't be loved and and, and no right. one uh, you know it's just and, that uh, whole thing of like pushing it down it's like what what bill burr was talking about what in his bit why he was saying he's so angry is uh, he was like i just wanted to buy a pumpkin but because of my growing up, I just had that voice in the back of my head. What are you, a fag? Yeah, He's like, yeah. Yeah, buy the right? pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of that. You know, I think it, it is fueling uh, some things we're seeing on the news. You know, on uh, it. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It comes down to insecurity. Yeah, 100%. like if you have serious insecurities and you're not comfortable with yourself or how you are or how you're proceeding in your life, you're gonna kind of you're going to act out like a, like a little kid, I think eventually insecurity yeah. and low self-esteem. So, you know, when I go on, we just had uh John, uh, Do uh, Dolmine from system of a down. We just oh, yeah. had him on yeah. today 
And uh, so that'll be out uh, later this week sometime, maybe Sunday or Monday, I'm not sure. But, um, uh, you know, we, we were talking about, like, how hateful uh, online, how easy it is for someone to sit online and type some hateful shit where if we were sitting in a room together, I don't think that that would be the same. I don't think you would use the same choice of words, you know, but people, and that just shows like uh, that used to piss me off. And like, especially I, my life was never um, in the public and, until really I started to get into the podcast and do this stuff. And, you know, at first people would comment and I would talk to my friends, you know, I'm good friends with Theo Vaughn and that's who I talked to in the beginning about the podcast and stuff. And, and a couple other people, and I'd go like, how do you deal with, uh, you know, the comments? Because I'm getting like 10. You must get 10,000. And how do you not feed into it? And they're just like, dude, when you can realize that it's, that's somebody else's shit. That's their insecurity. That's mm -hmm. their low self-esteem. It's mm -hmm. just a portrayal of where they are. And, you know, water seeks its own level. So do I want to seek to that level? And then you see mm -hmm. it real quick when you try to come back with intelligence and it's, uh, fuck you, you're a junkie like you know they just go for right for the mean that just tells me that right you have uh no intelligence yeah they come at it where nothing. their life is yeah, yeah exactly nothing on their side yeah you know it's i always look at it like you know when i when i worked at waf we had a text line so you could see all these people texting in comments constantly right. and it was constantly rolling and some you know every now and then i mean for the most part they were they were cool there were requests or whatever someone trying to say something funny or something but every now and then you get the guy saying like you're a fucking idiot or you know i can't believe how much you suck and it's like right. i i was like oh i'm going to fucking find out i'm going to search this guy's phone yeah. number i find out where he lives i'm going to kick his dog and slap his baby you know but after a while i'm like well one i'm getting a reaction out of someone to the point where they're picking up their phone and whether it's positive or negative they're reacting. And then they're the radio engaging. business or any media business, as you know, as we all know, you get a reaction. You got to like, that's, you're doing something that's creating yeah. a spark. Yeah. And then another thing is I like, this is the guy who like gets up in the morning and like, it looks at his wife or girlfriend. It's like, I hate my life. And then he goes to work. His commute sucks. His boss is a dick. And the highlight of his day is texting me and saying, I suck. He read and my like, text on the air. Right. Yeah, and so it yeah. maybe, maybe I'm rationalizing this, but I think that maybe I helped make that guy feel better. Like if he didn't text me and tell me I sucked, he may have that like, guy, that guy home. lives in his mom's fucking basement. Let's be serious. Well, he may have gone home and punched his mom in the face. If he didn't tell me I sucked. No, so, he just had to go upstairs cause he's in her basement. Jeez, no, well, like you know. I'll get a lot of time. So when, when somebody, people make fake accounts for Tommy probably twice a day and <laughs> they'll put, they'll put deviant gentlemen in the bio. So I get an alert. Like, Hey, Tommy Vex added you to the bio is what I see on first glimpse. And I'm like, it's already there. So I click on it. It'll be Tommy Vex 01, Tommy underscore. And like, mm -hmm. it's fake, no followers. And you're sitting next up, to Tommy. Like, did you yeah, just follow like, me? And, and they put a post up that's like, you know, had a great guest today, blah, blah, blah. And I leave a comment just like, dude, you're a clown. Like, go have your mom heat you up a hot pocket and knock right. it off. You know what I mean? Right? Like, what, are you, what are you doing? Dude? And that's exactly what's going on too. Also, Shane, this is Isaiah, co-host. Nice to meet you, Isaiah. Hey, I, 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 Shane. This is the very first time either of these two douchebags have been early for something. Oh, so I log yeah. on and think, okay, I'm going to be getting a couple beers. And you, you were in the middle of something emotional, and right. I was in a bad Wi-Fi. I'm like, I just fucked this thing up, and it's the first <laughs> time Mike and Josh have ever been oh. early to anything. Well, there was a text you know, saying jump on early because Josh had to, had to test out Which his brand new Which you never respond to because you're fucking busy all the time. 
Well, yeah, I was sorry. Thanks, by, thanks for like, causing trauma, Isaiah. I appreciate yeah, but, it. Listen, yeah. it. Listen, if there's I anything I can do to help you get back out of that thing, I'm, I'm all in with the PTSD right. shit, right. Can I? I'll, I'll help you. Appreciate <laughs> it. I'd love to start over again. So hold, to, on. Shay, hold on. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Take Josh. Take two. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say to what, what you were saying, Shu, you, you had to remind me of that all the time with the text line because when we were doing afternoons together, mm-hmm. there would be like 97 positive comments and then one that would go by that would be right. like, why is Josh well, on the air with you? And I, I would, that's I the would one focus, you focus on. on. Yeah. Right. Don't focus right. on yeah. those. Ever Always. focus on those. That, that text know, line Mike was talking about, Shane, that was, it was, I, I, we had an opportunity to text people back. So I would sit in there, I would do shows Never. and I would say, but I would never do I, that. No, no, no. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold on. You're just giving it works for want. me because I would, I would shoot back and be like, really something about the mom's basement. And they would respond with, I didn't think anybody would respond. You guys are fucking awesome. Right. Nine right. times out of 10, they have something. Shane, you hit it right on the head. They're upset about something. They're lashing out, but now, I'll you don't want to, Gauge all the time, but sometimes it actually worked and it shut them the fuck up. But like even on the Hillman Morning Show, they would call them back and they'd be like, "I'm just a fan. I'm just busting balls." And I'm like, right. "That was an aggressive." <laughs> I think it's yeah. gone a little bit though from what we've ever known in radio with a text line to now you're in social media. And Mike, Mike mm-hmm. made a good point. Don't because these days with social media, if you do poke back, it's World War Fucking yeah. Ten. I yeah. also think that a lot of people, it's their way of uh, awkward, like. You know those people you meet in real life and it's like it's like fucking awkward for they them. They would never say like, it to your face. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's a definite, but what I mean is what they're saying is like that's like and not even that they're joking, but that's their way of like trying to get into a conversation because they Correct. just have such shitty social skills, especially in right. this day and age, especially right. with COVID. Um, especially Nobody with can this- go outside and fucking interact. Well, the e-schooling thing blows my mind. I mean, dude, that's where I learned to not get beat up, to beat kids up. Mm-hmm. To how do yeah. I kiss a girl? Who's right. my friends? What do we do? How do you kiss hockey? somebody during COVID? What the yeah, fuck? It's, it's, I, you know, <laughs> what's funny is I, I walk into, I go to the same 7-Eleven up the street from me every day and, and they kind of, they see me every day. They kind of know, have an idea of what I do, but this lady came out and her and her husband both worked there and she's like, listen, my kid's 16 and he wants to drop out of school. He hates it, blah, blah, blah. And he just wants wants to go to work could you talk to him and like I'm like yeah you know but I I also get it like you know I I couldn't imagine uh it's the same thing I tell people getting sober right now like if y'all getting sober and all you have is zoom meetings like the world is yours man because I needed that in person uh even as as weird and awkward and as shitty at times as school could be it's a vital element to you Mm -hmm. becoming a human being yeah, those, and, those weird yeah. and shitty times are the lessons. Yeah, and, you know, actually, I was just talking actually. about this with my daughter today. We went out for a hike because she's in sitting where I am, you know, from seven o'clock in the morning till one thirty in the afternoon, you know, doing her high school. She's 16, you know, so she goes to Worcester Tech. And we were just talking about that in the car that I was like, how's school? She's like, well, it's kind of sad. I was like, what do you mean? And she just, that whole thing, it's like, there's no, you know, I, I'm not seeing anybody. I'm only seeing one or two people, you know, and that it is such an important thing is the, the social interaction and the lessons you learn. Even when you learn who your friends are, whether it's through pain or, you know, pleasure, like meeting someone new and, and becoming a new friend. And, and um, but I mean, there's, that's, this is the only way right now. This is the only right. way that we can get the education out. You know, and, and uh, 
but yeah, that's a. This that, is going to have a. This is, is going to have a long term effect on it is. people. Well, certainly, yeah. certainly, people who are younger, we might be able to handle it a bit. Being older, but your daughter is sixteen, mm-hmm. and she just said it was sad. So she's used to think about 12, 13, 14, 15, mm-hmm. 16, sweet 16, 18. Those are times. Yeah, those. And are if her next two years are like, years. I saw two people, and this fucking video bullshit. It's yeah. going to have a long-term effect, unfortunately. I mean, there's a lot that we have to figure out because of this for 10, 20, 30 years to come. Yeah. Well, Shane, listen, um, before we go any further, we probably should have done this up front, but we just started talking right away, and that's right, kind of right, what right. we do here at Breaking the Ice. And, uh, we still but, haven't nailed you know, the intro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't have an intro. Hey, look, yeah, we don't you see my background? Intro. Yeah. I know. That's cute. Very nice. Josh? Do you have a green yeah. screen now, Isaiah? <laughs> no, I just I pushed a button. It said it said virtual background. There was a picture of a chick that was oozing cum from her ass, and okay. I'm like, don't don't yeah, have so, you know, no. sponsors who no. are wonderful. Garage Doors Plus is a sponsor. Yeah. Right uh, after the oozing from the ass, you do right, it then. Yeah, and uh, Wolfpack Coffee, which is a great organization run by veterans, owned by veterans. They make great right. coffee. And uh, invokemedia.com. So no oozing asses for yeah, us. Invokemedia did our website. So if you go, once this episode is done, Shane, uh, it goes to breakingtheicepodcast.com. If you yeah, go to that I, website, it actually looks like we know what we're doing. Yeah. Right. Well, obviously, our, our, our merch doesn't look as good as Deviant Thank Gentleman you. merch, but you know. Right. Wait, yeah. hold on. Hold on. Our latest. This is our latest. Can you see that? <laughs> it's a little bit blurry. A racist cock. That's, that is decent. That's good but stuff. there's a reason why, because oh, months ago when we started this, is. Mike Shue yeah. pulls up we this fucking rubber chicken and we're like, wait, what? And I might have been saying some fucking stupid shit. And Shocking. they were like, that's, fuck you. That's our racist cock. And oh, there, there he is. <laughs> he saves us from getting canceled. So, yeah. so now, Harold, <laughs> ca- there it is. In case shit goes south, now we have shirts. Don't be your, yeah, and don't I think be that's, a, that's a pretty cock. good shirt to wear. Anytime these days. Yeah. Just don't be a, a racist wedding, cock. Wedding, church. Night court, right? Yeah, court. Yeah. <laughs> and Worcester, definitely. Oh, yeah, Worcester. Oh, yeah, Worcester County Courthouse. You'll see a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Shane, l- we should have done this earlier, but I want people to who, who don't know you mm-hmm. kind of like know your story. So, you you said you grew up in Reading. Yeah. And, uh, and then, but, you know, you also spent time in the Army, mm-hmm. right? Um, but can we go, could we just, uh, touch on where you're from? You're, you're a local guy here in the, in Massachusetts yeah. mm-hmm. and you were saying you grew up in Reading, but you kind of gravitated towards Boston because that's where the tough guys hung out. Mm-hmm. Was that the deal? So my old man grew up in Roxbury way back in okay. the, in the day. And, uh, yeah. my, 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 my grandfather, uh, you know, the whole mom, dad, all this stuff is, I have a crazy dynamic. I'm, I'm uh, I grew up with my adopted father. Um, but uh, he's, he's raised me since birth. So, you know, I would never call him anything other than dad, but, uh, his dad was from Yugoslavia migrated to the North end. When he was in the North end, he said, Oh, this property's opening up in this great place called Roxbury moved there. Well, turns out it didn't turn to be the, the best decision mm-hmm. he made in life. So my old man grew up there with, uh, two of my aunts and, uh, um, yeah. And then ultimately, uh, ended up meeting my mom after she had me and uh he was in the picture immediately and uh and they wanted to move to Reading because my mom was from Lynn and or lived in Lynn and my dad had lived in the city his whole life and they wanted to get me to the suburbs to kind of keep me mm-hmm. you know shielded from the city oh, now shit. on weekends we would we would do the you know the weekend stuff and go see family whether it was in East Boston or wherever it was and every time I went to the city I remember feeling like 
man, this is such a larger scale of life compared to just this little area that I live in. And now you fast forward to like my mom passes away when I'm six and like me and all my friends in Reading, I feel like we're all the ones that like either the parents got divorced, a parent died, and we were just getting by enough to still live in Reading, but not be quite the high end. So we were, you know, the outcast in a town and we just didn't fit in. We caused a lot of trouble. We smoked cigarettes, smoked weed, drank, did the shit. And every time we would hop on the, tr- on the tee and take the purple line to like, we started with like, you know, Malden and Everett and Chelsea and all that and further getting into the city. But every time we went, it was such an adventure because you could get away with so much more shit because nobody cared and mm-hmm. people weren't dying to call the police on you. So we gravitated towards that as much as we could until a point where it was like, I have to get out of this town because like everybody knows me, the cops know me, people don't want their kids hanging out with me. And like, you know, I, I accepted that role. Like, like again, the insecurity and, and where do I, where do I go from here? was like, um, I, I played hockey my whole life and I was pretty good. And then uh, when I was about 15 or 16, I think freshman going into sophomore year, I caused a whole scene on the ice, hit a kid with my stick. Like it was bad police on the ice, my dad, and I got banned from the dual dual state and Middlesex league for life. Sounds like, like Derek Sanderson. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> it was happy Gilmore. And I'm like, right? if, I'm, oh, if I'm not playing hockey, then I'm not going to fucking school. I'm all set, right. you know? And I dropped out of school. And then from there it was just, uh, you know, bad decision after bad decision, got kicked out of my house when I was 16 and, you know, went and figured it out for a little bit. And, uh, and then, yeah, when I was 20, then I joined the army and then thought that was going to switch. Was that like a, was that like a, an officer and a gentleman thing? Like you had no, nowhere else to go. So it's like, I might as well try the military to kind of straight, get some structure or less. At least they'll give me a place to sleep and some you know, three meals a day. So at 19, I finally got my good enough diploma. I got my GED. Uh, started going <laughs> to Middlesex. diploma. I've never heard that. <laughs> started, started going to Middlesex Community College. Turns out you could cash in your books and use it to buy weed. And that's what I did. So I pretty much went yeah. there to just smoke weed with kids and watch all the Armenians sit in one section and drill cigarettes the whole time. Um, so <laughs> it didn't work out. Yeah. And then, so the way that the military came about was, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was 2000 and it was the tall ships in Charlestown. And I went down to the tall ships with one of my buddies. We were drinking kid bumped into me at a tavern on the water. And, uh, later on we were on the highway drinking and driving and I saw the kid and I'm like, I'm going to chase him and and we're going to beat him up. And I chase him, lost control of my car, smashed into a, like the, the guardrail on 93, uh, state police came. I got arrested for DUI, uh, possession of fireworks, which were in my trunk that I had no idea were there. And, uh, <laughs> we, ne- we never know the shit in our truck. How the fuck? Come right. on, we're from Massachusetts. So, so now I'm looking at my first DUI and I'm like nervous, you know, and, uh, a, a friend of mine was enlisting and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll join the army. And I, I shipped off and went to uh, Fort Benning, Georgia and went through infantry school and came home for a little bit. Ended up getting the charge like dismissed and license lost for like 45 days. Cause I was a veteran and blah, blah, blah. So really I, I did it to beat that case. And then, uh, I wish I knew year. that was an option. Yeah. Oh. And I actually, I was in the God, I was out of Cambridge, uh, Charlie company first in the 181st, um, 29th infantry division out of Cambridge. And, uh, and we got deployed, uh, eight days after nine 11, we got sent to Bosnia for a peacekeeping mission. And, uh, I was 21 years old and full of piss and vinegar, you know? 
And the problem was then I came home. I came home when I was 22. Now what? What do I do now? I did the stuff. I graduated. I went and did this. What, what do I do now? I took the police and the fire and all that stuff. I didn't really test well. And then little by slow, I got right back into criminal behavior, drinking, feeling sorry for myself. I don't know what I'm going to do. Just no direction, man. No direction and no mm -hmm. purpose. And ultimately, by the time I was 23, I was a full-blown IV heroin user. Jeez. And, but you've, it's been two years, you said earlier, right? Yeah, so you, two years. I'm completely sober. I work, a, I work one of the 12-step programs and I have a sponsor. I, have, you know, I, do all, I do all the things now and my life. Congrats on that, man. Yeah, that's yeah, tough. Good for man. you, man. I mean, I say, I always say quitting smoking cigarettes was tough. I can't imagine yeah. what, you know, quitting an opioid, you know, yeah, something that takes over your body like that. You know, you know it, the, the thing about heroin and opiates is just, and I've just watched it ruin, decimate my town, decimate my friends. I, I can't even tell you how many friends of mine are, are dead or are locked up as a direct result of uh, drugs, you know, and, um, it's crazy to think, man, because when we were eight, nine, 10 years old, that's not what we thought was going to happen, you know? Mm -hmm, and yeah. uh, that shit doesn't discriminate anymore. Once upon a time, it was a certain section. And now, I mean, especially now with fentanyl, it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's, a, and, it's, um, in, the, it's in the farm. How it's old are you now, Shane? You know? I just turned 40 in April. There you go. So it's been two years clean? Yeah, I got my sober date is uh, 82318. So nice. I just hit two years, and that's, that's when I proposed to my, my uh, fiance. was oh. my two year sober date. Congratulations. Oh, nice. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And Crazy. you guys just got a new dog, right? Yeah, I got a new uh, Andrew. Yeah, I got a new uh, dog also. He's 11 weeks. I got him when he was seven and a half. He's an 11 week Belgian Malinois. And uh, boy, is he alive! Why? I was gonna say he looks like a little bit different German Shepherd. And it's a well, they say it's are... they they say it's a German Shepherd on steroids and crack. So <laughs> jeez, so it's a wolf. Ah. Yeah, exactly. So, but that's the thing is like, so I have him. We do obedience training with him twice a week, and then I have him do bite work and you know that kind of thing for for personal security. Is that Talk what you're doing with your dog shoe? Uh, no, she's she's eleven months. She's a Catahoula mix. Uh, she's, uh, that's the official state dog of Louisiana from what I learned Say and that they, they use them down in Louisiana to, uh, herd and hunt hogs. They call them hog dogs. And she is also a live wire. She's, she's smart and she's really sweet and she's friendly, but she'll, she'll go after any other, not dogs so much, but like squirrels, right, right. monks. She well, they get that prey drive. That's why. right. Oh yeah. She's definitely got that going. And so how, uh, you know, how much, how much she weighs you? She's about 40, 45 pounds oh, okay. and she's not going to get, she's going to fill out a little, they said, but she's, she's not going to get yeah. much bigger than and she. And then I got a four year old 80 pound pit too. So I got Loki oh, and you got an older dog in there, which yeah. is good, good for the younger dog. Yeah. It is. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's always looking out and I tell my girl, but she's kind of, she's 30 and she's from England. So it's not her fault. But remember the, remember oh. the, remember the cartoon when we were kids and it was the little dog and he's going, where are we going Spike? Where are we going Spike? And yes. Go, ah, shut yeah. up. That's yeah. him. Odin's going, where are we going, Spike? Where are we going, Spike? And my big dog goes, shut up. <laughs> yeah, the older dog's good because, uh, like, you know, you were talking about you needed guidance, and that's what that uh, the older dogs, they immediately, in a, a dog's getting a group, they immediately figure out who's the oldest. Right. And then they kind of, like, kind of set the tone of the group from there on. So that's, yeah. that's pretty and he good. Puts up, he puts up with his shit all day long, and he's very, uh, very good <laughs> about it, knowing that he's, you know, he's a puppy and just being an asshole. But, you know, it's, it's that balance of, like, removing <laughs> him sometimes, right. too, so that he can relax and be like, dude, get this. He's just biting his face all day long. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. me. He's a puppy. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, dude, it, for me, it just turned into like purpose. You know, I had never had purpose in my life, really. I just kept trying different things and I just, I just didn't die. You know, that's the only difference between me and, and most people is I just, I just didn't die and I didn't give up and I kept going. And it's like, you know, this is to me, dude, like, this is an honor to me. Like, shoot, I've been listening to you my whole life, man. Me and my buddy were talking the other day about, we would specifically call you like, I, this when you were, oh, did nice. I talk to you on the phone at some point? This would be at dude at like probably two, two thirty in the morning when the bars harder, were closed. Faster. We, yes, hotter, <laughs> faster. We would leave Boston and be like, shoe machine head, handle it. And every <laughs> time it. go, that was the only time we would get to hear machine head or shit like that on the radio. Um, I had no problem playing machine head. Yeah, it was great. I mean, the, my, my two best memories with AF is, is when we would call you leaving the bar, drinking and driving, which is super <laughs> illegal, and I right, don't recommend it. Listen, you make um, mistakes, you move yeah, on. That and then With fireworks and a dead body in the trunk? Wait, what? So, yeah, just fireworks, <laughs> not the dead body. Sorry, but, sorry, uh, sorry. Back when John Austin was working, so Ozone was working. And I remember he used to play Fluffinutter by uh, Gangsta Bitch Bobby. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God. Before they turned to Null Set. And this is when I think, I want to say the studio was in Marlboro or Framingham. Was it Westboro? Westboro? Yeah, Westboro. Yeah, right on Route and 9. Yep. He was like, yeah, come out, man. I'll give you the CD. I was like, ah, oh, it's amazing. I drove out there, smoked a ton of Red Rock hash and rolled in. And he gave no. me the, <laughs> into the Gangsta Bitch Bobby CD. And I was like, fuck, man, that was so cool. So it's well, crazy the shit it's you remember. It, AAF is, was that it was kind of like, like the way you were describing the kids you hung out with growing up in Reading. That's what I feel like AAF was like when it yeah. came to radio stations in the Boston area. We 100%. Were, we were that group of people that right. were just like people, you know, we were the freaks. You know, we had the attitude problem. It was you know, that lunch table in school. Yeah, it was that. It was that table. No, it was actually the smoking area behind the school. Yeah, there was no lunch table. Yeah. We were out back getting fucked up. Nobody yeah. was. In yeah, class. that's true. We didn't go to lunch, <laughs> and <laughs> that's what. That's why I loved it because it, it it had this um, you know, for lack of a better description, it had this gang atmosphere working up there. Not just with the staff, but like when we did stuff like Loco Bazooka, you oh, know, and those big shows. It was just like there was this thing that like we were all part of. You know, it was like we all had that same attitude. That same goal was just Man, to, you local know. Local Bazooka was another one. I remember 98, the first time Slipknot came out. And we were like, mm. who the fuck are these guys? That was with Machine Head, right? With Machine Head and Stain. <laughs> that the was the headline. Triple punches ever because it was two flatbed trucks. And then it was like Machine oh, Head, Slipknot, and then System of a Down yeah. all in a row. And uh, I remember was, my brain being scrambled. I was like, oh my God, these guys. And are I think, <laughs> I want to say it was free or 10 bucks. I mean, it was, it, it was like wasn't. 10 bucks. Yeah. Local yeah. Luca was like 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Out in Worcester, out in that field. I'm Green Hill Park. Imagine yeah. fucking 10 oh, bucks to see Slipknot or System Dude. of a Down or Machine Head. And, right and now. nobody knew who they were. It was like, what nope. the fuck are oh, these yeah, guys doing with these new. red outfits on? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like their CD was even free that day, to be honest with you. They were probably giving them out. Yeah. And what was great was they, they got off the stage and they didn't change and take off their masks or make right. them. They just walked out into the crowd. It was the best promotion ever. Right, it's like, right, obviously yeah. those are the dudes from Slipknot, right? you know, and they, and they right. just got down there with the crowd and talked to people and, and signed stuff. And yeah, that was a good day, man. It was. That you said earlier that you moved out to LA to kind of oh. get you, you got sober, you're getting sober and you moved out to LA, Los Angeles to get away from drugs, Boston, which yeah. to me, I'm sorry if this offends you, but that doesn't, I mean, I would go to like Des Moines 
or (laughs) somewhere (laughs) Iowa. Yeah, somewhere way, way out. But it it just seems like L.A. is not the place to go when you want to avoid that kind of lifestyle. I guess it's like what the way that it happened was uh, I just was sick of Boston. I was sick of the cold. I was sick of like, you know, because we got only so many months of warm weather and Mm -hmm. then all the cold. We have seven minutes of warm weather. Yeah. And and just, man, I just was struggling back there. And um I was like, you know what? I need to go somewhere warm. Let's try Florida. And I had this girl that I was friends with and she was calling places in Florida and nothing would pop. And then I called the place or she called the place in California and they were like, give us a month and we'll get you out here. And I was like, fuck it. I mean, what do I have to lose? I just want to go. And when I came out here, turns out it was like, uh, at the time, there was probably 20 to 30 kids from Boston out here, and I didn't even know that. So some of them I knew from doing times, some of them I knew from other programs, and uh, it made it that much more easier where I feel like there was this unwritten pact of like, hey, we're all out here trying to better our lives and fix mm-hmm. our trauma. Don't tell anyone I cried, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, until we got to a place where it was like, I don't really care if anyone knows I cried. But in the beginning, I, that was not the case, you know. And it was, it was a, it, it, yeah. You, I mean, dude, Skid Row, the homeless problem, drugs. I mean, I work in treatment now. Meth is a huge thing out here, which I never knew about, and apparently it's big in Boston now. But it never was when I was there. Um, I've never, I've never tried that. But yeah, man, it's it's crazy. And like, you know, they say that the ge- geographical cure doesn't work, and I believe that. But I also think. I had to remove myself away from exes that I couldn't stop fucking with friends that just, I couldn't leave alone and get one foot in one foot out and just remove myself. Now I've removed myself. doesn't matter where I go. Now, if I don't do the internal work, it doesn't matter. Now that I've done the internal work, I could go back and live in Boston. I like, I'm good friends with Slane. Slane left here. He's back in Boston to take care of his kid. And like, he's one of the first ones that I would be like, how do you go? Like, in your industry and in the music and be around all this drugs and shit. He's like, dude, I didn't get sober. And that means the world has to change for me. I need to be able to change so that I can adapt and be around any situation. You just need a breather before you go back into the situation. Well, it's, you got to do some work. That's the thing is I took action. I had to deal with trauma. I had to change my perspective. I had to deal with my negative core beliefs, which is what we talked about with Byron, you know, and you wanted it. I did. Well, even that isn't a requirement in the beginning. Cause in the beginning I was just like, just ha- let me have a brain aneurysm. Like it's been a cool 38 years. I fucking get it. I'm tired, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, but I didn't want to kill myself. I just, I was tired, man. I was just was tired. I was sick of prison. I was sick of getting in trouble. I was sick of just being a fucking nobody, you know? And I had to, once I realized no one was going to come knock on my door and ask me if I wanted to work for their company and make $300 million a year, I had to fucking, I had to make some choices. I had to, you know, start to get uncomfortable and, and talk to people and tell people how I felt and then take chances and maybe I'll fail. You know, I started Deviant Gentleman, maybe it'll fail. Maybe it won't, but at least I'm going to have fun doing it and I'm going to take a shot. Everything I'm doing right now, I throw shit at the wall and I see what sticks, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Better than sitting back and watching somebody else throw shit at the wall and be like, oh, it's stuck for them. I wish I did that. Right. Yeah, while I judge you. Yeah, you got to do it first. Yeah. You got you to do it first. I, I asked somebody when I came out here because someone was like, you should think about doing stand-up and blah, blah, blah. And, so, and I was like, I don't know if I should do it. And someone was like, you know the difference between somebody that does stand-up and someone that doesn't do stand-up? Somebody that does stand-up and somebody that doesn't do stand-up. <clears throat> right. It's that simple, man. You either do it or you don't. Is that the new and- dog shoe? Yeah, I'm sorry about that, you guys. He's I mean, now sorry. it's just... Come on, this is life. 
She wants to see what's going on there. Hey, what's oh. up, baby? Oh, look at that face. Baby. You know, she's Hi, got baby. a really interesting coat. You know, that's the Catahoula thing. She's kind of can now is now is her Instagram set up yet, Shu? Oh uh, not. I don't come on. I don't <laughs> come on, let's I make an Instagram. There's two things with, with pets. I don't put clothes on them and I don't set <laughs> up social Josh, media. Josh, oh, let Josh, you know let's, I'm set too up, goddamn let's set up a busy to do no. that. All right. Yeah, I agree. Bullshit. You're not. Let's set, let's set up a campaign a for him, Josh. You run outside with the dog. You sleep with the dog. You play catch with the dog. You know, you don't well, put my, clothes on a dog. My dogs want to follow your dog back. So, I mean, just. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I have the two kittens. I got Cheddar. Cheddar wants Crated, to follow though. baby. That's a good boy. You, you got, that's good, Josh. You got yeah, a great Yeah, that's tough. Thank you. Yeah. I got mine's, my guy will do, he does the crate through the night now. The first two weeks were kind of tough. But uh, now he goes in at 11, and he's good. So oh, no, these dogs are only crated during the podcast. Other than that, they take over the bed. Uh, they tow, Yeah, so it's just, it's just yeah. during the show. Now we've like got, right we now all have pets good. that are yeah. celebrities on the show. You've got Baby, I've got Cheddar and Speedy, and you've got Lenny. Oh, no, yeah. baby, Baby's not going to be a celebrity. She's, she's, oh, no, no, no. Look over your shoulder. I know. She's a, you know what she's no, doing? No. Scoping out the squirrels in my yard. No, she no she's a celebrity now. Because, hey, Josh, on every one of the podcasts, instead of just hashtag Cheddar, now it's hashtag Cheddar and Baby. No, no. Don't drag, don't drag my pet Do into it. this media circus. A thousand That's percent. For. Okay. Look, a, you brought my a, cat into this. I'm not <laughs> exploiting a dog, okay? <laughs> There's already a break I, in the ice dog shirt on the way to Worcester. No, my no God. That's, that's I agree with that. I don't God. know why you have time to do that. Or the people that respond as the dog, and I'm like, hey, dude, he's got yeah. no thumbs. Oh, it's like God. what you're talking about with Tommy's fake accounts. Like, you must have a ton of time. Yeah. You know, and I, I understand if you have a ton of time now if you've been laid off because of the pandemic and right. stuff like that, but still. But, really? you know, learn, learn a hobby, knit. Yeah, or maybe know? learn, learn another, to try to get a jo another job somewhere or yeah. something. You yeah. Know? yeah, do me a favor, knit a hat and put down Instagram. So I'll give you guys a little background on So the Deviant Gentleman thing was uh, I had known another kid, and uh, he was a, uh, a gay Jewish fellow from Chicago. And, uh, he Sounds was like, like Josh. <laughs> he was like uh, – he was like, hey, uh, you know, I, I hear you in meetings and this and that. Do you think you'd want to do a podcast? And I had been talking about that with a few people. And I was like, yeah, man, fuck it. Let's do it. And, and we did it. In the, and we did, uh, we did about 19 episodes. And um, that's right when COVID hit. And, you know, I, I wanted it to be something that could be a brand also in case the podcast didn't go through whatever it was. Like, I wanted it to be a multi thing. So he wanted it to be like, you know vigorous honesty or some shit. And I'm like, nah, it's not going to work for me. So we came up with this through tons of brutal this and savage and the thing. And this is what we ended up with. And I'm like, that's great. And, uh, the problem was that, so then like, uh, you know, I was paying people to make logos and paying people for this and all this stuff. And I'm like, I get all this time on my hands and here's, here's where we go. Like, what are you doing with your time? Um, I, I downloaded Adobe cloud. Now I can't draw for shit. I can't, I'm not, uh, uh an artist by any means. But I learned Illustrator. I went to YouTube University and I punched in this shit. How do you do this? How do you wrap letters? How do you pull in a Next thing? Next thing you How know, you, you have a logo. Right? Next thing you know, I make this. <laughs> I, I made everything. Every logo we've had, I've designed learned on Learned how own. to make things transparent. and <laughs> Yeah. <It's>, uh, <laughs> and, how do I and, make this color work with that color? <laughs> yeah. And I fucked up and I've, I've wasted money on stuff. But oh, well, again, like it, it takes, you know, spend a nickel to make a dime. Or and maybe not even, it out. at least take a shot. Um, so then, so we did 19 episodes. And the problem was, is that I just felt like this kid didn't want to do shit. And I'm like, 
I'm doing everything and you're not doing anything to help me. And again, this is where that, I think that level of entitlement, I've had eviction notices on my door. I've had to figure out how I'm going to, sorry, it says my internet. Switch that over right quick. This might, uh, are you getting a note from that fine Jewish fellow again? Uh Oh, well, didn't pay your internet bill. Josh has been there monthly. All right. You can see. Hey, there we go. Um, hey, careful. So, <laughs> so I just, I was getting really frustrated and I wasn't really having fun anymore, you know? Yep. And, yep. um, so episode 19, we had Tommy on. Um, so the way I met Tommy yeah. was we actually met through, uh, yeah, I don't, we don't need to name drop, but he, he plays a big, uh, giant purple guy in a superhero movie. And, uh, we both happen to be friends with him and, you know, we're all uh, involved in a 12 step program. And that's kind of how Tommy and I met at first. So I had hit him up and said, Hey, will you come on as a guest and come on my, my podcast? And he was like, yeah, sure. So he came on. And then after we went out to eat and, um, he was like, you know, look, man, like, I don't know how invested you are with this other thing. I'm not trying to, you know, step on toes, but like my label has been talking to me about doing a podcast. It's not, and I think, I think we could, we could do something great. And my, you know, my initial thing is like, holy fuck, dude, this kid's a fucking rock star. And he's asking of all the people he could ask in the world, he's asking me. Right. And my philosophy at the time was I'm a nobody. Now what I've done to change. But he heard that, something in your fucking, in the breaks you did in the time you talked that he went, we got chemistry. Well, yeah. And what I realized is that it's not that I'm nobody. I'm just unknown. You know, I couldn't, and that's right. the, you're not that's, a nobody, right? But you, but you might but, think you're nobody. It right, doesn't but, matter but, who you are. If it works, it works. I'm used to, saying. I'm used to how I've talked to myself sure. for the longest time. So sure. But also the you from 10 years ago, looking at you now would be like, Oh wow. I would. <laughs> right. So right. I, um, uh, I said, you know, let me talk to a few people and see what's going on and, and see what the best move is. Let me talk to my people. I'll get back to you. Yeah, the answer yeah, should yeah, have yeah. been yes right there. What the yeah. fuck? No, I know. But <laughs> you know, w- one thing that I've learned is that I want to try to do things a little bit more responsible these days and not just, you know, go up. Oh, well, fuck you. See you later. And like, you know, ultimately I told the kid he didn't take it well and he's pissed. We don't talk anymore. And, you know, that's just the way it goes. It's unfortunate. But, but you know, he wasn't he wasn't right for what you were trying to do. He wasn't. That's okay. And, uh, yeah. So then I, I wiped those 19 and here we are on, uh, we're 17 deep on, on what we got going on. And, you know, look, even, I mean, the truth is this yesterday, Tommy and I, we were headed to the studio and, and, you know, you got two kind of alcoholic egos and, uh, we, we got into it and it was like, I'll be there in five minutes. Let's fight, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I will fight you. And that's, that's what friends gonna, do, that's, though. That's, that's going to be a bad day for both of us. You know, I mean, Tommy's not a small guy and no. nor am I. I'm and, not gonna uh, lie. I'm not gonna lie, Shane. I kind of would pay pay per view to see that. <laughs> well, that's what, we, that's what I told him at, after the show yesterday. I said for that to go down, people are gonna have to pay money for that. Oh yeah. But uh, dude, my, 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 my money's on you. You're a asshole. Let's go. Come on. You were in <laughs> Lynn. There were things in your trunk. Fight right, right, dirty. Right. <laughs> but you know, ultimately, what it came down to was like, this is my friend. This is a business partner, and this is like, I'm 40. You know, I'm what not. What were you arguing about? Uh, honestly, about cutting each other off. You know, in, in a car, cutting each other off or talking well, on the show No, on the show, because you guys know how it works in radio is like, if yes. you don't back up, it's if we're all four of us are sitting in a room, it's completely different than the way a, a podcast is recorded. You can't mic step or nobody's going to hear what the fuck we're saying. Right. So 
what here's the truth. The truth is that our very first episode we did together, I'm nervous, man. This is the first time going in with him. I'm switching the platform from like comedy to like serious. And we have a guest in that he knows that I don't know. And I was ill prepared. And because of that, it's me doing table tennis like this, you know, back and forth watching a conversation. And I felt so insecure and so less than that I made it a point that like moving forward, I always have a format. I always have information about the guests. I always have something so that I can be involved. Look, I'm not the biggest politics guy or any of this stuff. Tommy knows way more about that shit. And I think what helps is that I bring the average Joe perspective to it that gets to sit down with someone like Tommy and give them and ask the same questions they would ask that they don't maybe get to ask, you know? And so it just came down to kind of like, Hey man, like you, you know, and I had talked to him in the beginning, like, Hey, like sometimes I think he cut me off and he was like, cool. And and he stopped. And then in turn, what I did to overcompensate was that was start to do it back to him without really realizing it. So I got, that's a good relationship that you're both wrecking and you're not going to fight obviously, but that's a good and talk to Mike about it. Fucking how many years, Mike? Right? Yeah. How many years have we done what various do you, things? You? <laughs> huh? Fuck off. <laughs> but just seriously, like just being yeah. able to go around the table. First time I ever got offered to do a morning show, I was like, oh, shit, there's someone else in the room. How do I – what are you – and then you got to go to news. It, mm. It's hard. It's not fucking yeah. easy. Right. Yeah, yeah, now it's it's like now Isaiah, you're on Breaking the Ice podcast, and now none of us can get a word in. So I know. I mean, <laughs> it's, hey, it's, at least I have the logo up there. You fuck. You you can't force chemistry. No, you know, yeah, you, you, know. Can, you can cultivate it. There's nothing wrong with working on it, but it's like if it's not there, it's not there, right. and it's not something that you can just let go. You got to constantly keep, you know, tending to it and stuff. It's okay like that. that you guys are having that little that riff because that means. Right. Yeah. You yeah. both, you both are, are, are uh, type A, right? You both right. are recovering alcoholics. So you've got that, that let's go. And then you're going to figure out that it's going to be really fucking good because you both want to mm-hmm. win. The yeah. other person, no disrespect, eh, complacent, entitled, use the word entitled. Entitled's mm-hmm. fucking awful. You lazy bitch, not him. But if you're a lazy, entitled bitch, don't be part of the show. Get yeah. time to go. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I mean, from the military to anything I've done in life, hockey, going to sports camps, that one kid that I always, in the beginning, (laughs) butted heads with, fought, rolled around. Best friends. By the end. Best fucking friends. You know, and sometimes that's what it takes is rah, rah back. Cool. Right. Get it out of the way. Yeah. Get that stuff out of the way and figure out. That's also the mass hole way. I'll fight you. Right. Well, and Tommy's from Brooklyn. We'll use our last names out of Brooklyn and Brooklyn and, you know, the Massachusetts. Of course we're going to fight. He's probably a Yankees uh, fan. Yeah, of course he is. I know it as we talk to him. That's the history of (laughs) where DG came from and, and how Tommy and I linked up. And, you know, now with the potential possible moves, you know, again, we, this could be the platform or we could do like, we link up, you know, cause what happens when Torrance starts again, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're going to have yeah. to figure that out too. But again, man, it's just, I, I feel like a lot of things are fly by the hip, you know, you figure it out. We got the technology to make things happen. Of course, right. in person in that studio is great. Um, but you know, I feel like it's, it's just kind of time for the next chapter and, and whatever that looks like is what that looks like. Think know? about yeah, the just- touring part. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's it, like sometimes you do just got to roll with the punches because like or like just go with the flow. Because when I first started doing Breaking the Ice podcast, I was doing it with uh, um, former Bruin Andrew Raycroft, who was goalie for yeah, the yeah. Bruins and the, the Maple Leafs. And 
like what, what you were saying with Tommy, where you're like, why does he want to do a podcast with me? I was like, I stood in line to get your autograph and now you want right. to do a podcast. <laughs> and then it was right. like, he got busy doing full-time stuff with Nesson. And then I started doing um, the afternoon show with Shu, And then, so that kind of stopped and I was like, well, breaking the ice is done. And then AF went off the air and now this is like my whole life now. So it's, it's just yeah, kind of we weird how this, like, we'd, we'd probably end up in the news after doing something terrible. So it's a good right, thing yeah. that this is. Oh, when I'm not doing out. this, I'm usually in downtown where I live with no pants on. So it's yeah. not good. Well, yeah. not good. So yeah. I talk and I talked to Danielle, right? So oh, like, nice. she was and, just over here yesterday. She's a fucking yeah. rock star. She was like, I wish you told me sooner. I would have told those guys to fuck with you. I'm like, I texted, I messaged you like three days ago. You just don't check your shit. But, um, <laughs> I was so asking. He's gonna her fucking some give stuff. me shit for you being on because I we had Tommy on and we had um uh, Bill Abonte. Bill. Oh, yeah. and she oh, was yeah, so yeah, fucking yeah. pissed. She's like, you need to tell me when you got the rockers on and you're yeah. part of his you're part of Tommy's world. She yeah. will be pissed when she sees this yeah. and goes, Why don't I know about this? We're gonna what clip the, it and uh, tag her. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But uh because I, I was asking her stuff because I I remember when I was seeing the thing, like, you know, some stuff on Carrie's page and shit, and I was like, damn, AF's really like I remember when BCN went went to shit and I was oh, like, what dude. the fuck? And now this I and but AAF, I'm like, that's that can't be. Say it dude, ain't. Do you so, realize you know? that FNX, BCN, and AAF are all gone? No. What are you gonna listen to? 94.5 or Romero? Is that probably, all that's left? Probably no. just gonna go oh. with Siri play slipknot, and I'm good yeah. for like three yeah. hours. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, she, <laughs> there used to be five rock stations in Boston at Hold once. On, there was 101. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was, yeah, there was, um, in well, Boston. weren't in the market, but you had like BCN, AAF, FNX. You had COZ at one point was still and in CGY. there. CGY. CGY up in Lawrence. You right. know, and then and, and then you would have HJY bleeding H-J-Y. in from Providence. Rock 101 would bleed right. down from Manchester. Manchester. Yeah. 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 So and, it was and, like and literally most of them are all gone. I know. I remember when 1017 was like, like the club shit for oh yeah they changed the edm for a little while yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. were like the molly station or whatever yeah, and, uh, the you know, molly that station that didn't work out very well after yeah, a while. It, it, i broke it into the radio right in the wrong decade it just wasn't <laughs> the right time yeah they, yeah they missed they missed the mock by they were they were 10 <laughs> that's years fucked up the guy the guy the guy that was running the company that mike and i and josh used to work for when i was going back doing part-time stuff i i I joked, half joking with him. I, I walked in his office and I said, boy, uh, so you were in charge of killing BCN and WAF, huh? <laughs> oh, no. oh, yeah. I was standing next to you when you said that. And I just slowly backed uh, out of you. He's like, tell you something. That, that guy, though, he was he tried. He Mark did. Hannon, he did. He Mark did. Hannon he was did. a good dude, and he tried to make AAF work. But, you know, it's up to the, the upper ups, and they had the right number right. and all that. It's just business. I think it's always good when you. It's tough, man. It's tough for radio to survive right now. No, yeah. very hard, very yeah. hard. And, yeah. and it's not so, because it's not because the platform doesn't make sense. Sometimes, unfortunately, oh. it's the people that run it. I'm not saying anything about anyone local here. But if you don't understand and pivot, the business as a whole hasn't changed. If you turn on any radio station right now, it's very similar to what we listened to as kids. It's a it's a top of the hour id it's a break it's a right. song another mm-hmm. song another break okay really where where's where's the change where's the acting mm-hmm. like a, like this show right here that we do and any podcast you do shane it's a conversation right right it's a real thing that someone could listen to and go okay and then you interject the sponsors in a different way you get a shirt you do product placement the, the industry has never been willing to change and unfortunately, now you add COVID to it, 
it's going to really be a hard comeback for that, that type of business. Well, especially for music stations and especially yes. for rock because you can get your music anywhere. Anywhere. You can, get it, you can get it without the commercials and without some dumb DJ trying to be funny in between the tunes, you know, and, and but that's the way you, you fight that is you add more personality. You know, you keep the music, but you got to add more personality to set yourself apart from a Spotify, you know, right. or, or Pandora or whatever. People like, people to. like podcasts and, and not this one because three people listen. But they're stories. They're, they're, they're conversations. We're sitting here talking to Shane. Someone wants to go, I'd like to know a little bit more about that. They listen. Yeah. They're yeah. engaged longer. So one of the terms that we would use in radio Sorry, for selling was time spent listening. Mm -hmm. Right? The ratings were based on the time the listener listened. Time spent listening. And it would always go down and down and down and down year after year. And it blew my mind how they weren't, you know, you look at sports talk radio and you look at news and you look at, you know, that kind of conversation, people listen longer because you're engaged in an actual conversation. But Mike just hit it on the head. The music stations, they just decide not to. Yeah. It's extra please don't, please don't yeah. tell me that I have to listen to a country station to hear a country artist when I can say, Siri, play that artist, and we're done. Mm. And it's 10 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Um, That's why this format's good. So I'm glad you're doing what you're doing, man. I'm yeah, glad. man. I, I, that, I, I think it's well. like, you know, I think it's like, it, it seemed like something that was fun. And like, you know, I have a story to tell, man. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you know, uh, uh, and I think it, it, it can Your help. story was very relatable to what my life was like. And I appreciate that. Because as you were telling your story, I grew, I'm, I'm 10 years older than you. I'm 50. But I grew up in, in, in a town, Marblehead. You know, my parents were from Brooklyn. It wasn't that they were privileged, but it was a nice town. And I was a fuck up. I just made all kinds of mistakes after my mom died when I was 15. And it was a fucking train wreck, right? For the next six years, a train wreck until I found the light to go a certain way. It was cool to hear your story because you know what? This, and, this, and I'm a rock radio guy. I always migrated to the fucking bands that just Metallica and singing these angry fucking songs because my life was shit when I was a kid. Of course. Right? But that was my outlet. Yeah, so working in rock like radio. Those, those fucking songs were written for me. Like, how'd you exactly, know that? Exactly. Exactly. When I was mm -hmm. listening to that shit growing up after my mom died when I was 15, I was like, go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. And I spent years acting like that, and as you did, and the mistakes that were made and the criminal problems, we probably crossed paths in jail. Fuck, I just made stupid mistakes. And, you know, it finally took years of whatever to – Yank my head the fuck out of my ass. So your story is my story. And it is like Mike said, it's the rock radio story. And that was the, yeah. that was that band of thieves that every rock radio station, I always felt like we were the redheaded stepchild. It was always the country station or the top 40 station that had all the pretty listeners. How about fuck you? We're going to go do some blow and listen to fucking anthrax. <laughs> okay. God, minus, minus the drugs. Cause we're clean. Right. 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 But, yeah, um, I think like, you know, I think another thing that's really helping me right now too, is like, like I said, man, I just want to have fun with this and like, you know, tell my story and, and do what we Your do. Story's like, a good one. I don't like the fact that even, you know, we don't, we don't have this like huge thing, but I mean, dude, over 2000 people decided they want to fucking follow me on, uh, on, on uh, YouTube and like the views there's over you know 2,000 to 7,000 or whatever like you know I'm Good. not I'm not I'm not making money we're not doing anything yet right but 
that's the only way you get to that point. You don't just wake up and go, oh my God, 70 gazillion views today, right. we, yeah. we've arrived. Like you have to put in the work. And the fact that anybody is even willing to watch that one was more than I expected, you know? So that was Josh's vision with this show. Look, there's a logo. What the fuck? Yeah. What are we doing? But like even even when I look at the numbers for like the the episodes, where like I'm like ah oh, they went down, but I'm like well that's still half the TD Garden listening to us. So I mean, right? I'm like what am I complaining I mean, about? Always yeah, always looking at the you know the we get to do this. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. We yeah. get yeah. to do this. I don't. I didn't have to do this podcast today i got to do this i had an opportunity to you know and i've been in touch with josh for a little while now back and forth and and it just turned out that this is when it when it when it was meant to happen so like here the fuck we are you know yeah and yeah. i just think as long as i don't focus like i try not to focus again in the beginning it was the numbers and the comments and we got to this and if i don't do that and, and don't you worry about that shit. You fucking burn yourself out within two weeks i'm going i'm a failure this isn't shit and then i went wait a minute what did i start this for in the beginning that's not what i started it for you sound right. a lot like josh's brain works and it's not the yeah. worst thing but he but well no it's not awful you keep but you can't let it consume you where it's like right. okay Fuck, fuck but also once says. it stops being fun that translates into the product that you're trying right. to put out and then yeah. people people pick up on that the that's audience the is about a, way about smarter yeah that's the thing about a podcast is you got to do something that you love because people will be able to right. tell if you're just kind of doing it just to you know sell advertising if you're reading a liner card hey everybody and welcome right. to the show fuck you know off. and yeah but it's like a, a a podcast is something that's on demand you know right. and there's there's what how many are there out there millions you know, and you right. got to pick what, yourself apart. And the thing about like my story is I feel like I've grown into somebody who was very one way, angry, pissed off, racist, this, fuck you, I don't care, blah, blah, to becoming so diverse because I got to release who I really am to where yep. I did the Fresh Out series with Big Herc talking about getting out of prison and unfucking my life. We had uh, Emily Hayden on. I'm going to go on hers, which is Evolve with Emily and like talk about breath work and stuff like that. It's like, all these different avenues open up once you allow yourself to be you. I have a question. Um, so can you explain what breath work is? Yeah. So because I thought it was a cardio thing, like an exercise <laughs> thing, but you know, obviously it's, 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 yeah, it's right. It's, it's so different. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know like who Wim Hof is. If you don't know who Wim Hof is, take a look at him. W I M space H O F. He's like the, the, master of this like will put himself in ice and can like control his core temperature i mean this guy's a, an absolute animal um he's got some good someone, mind control huh yeah that's just someone <laughs> for an example but right. so what happened was i went to treatment out here i first came out here and this place was like hey we have breath work and i was like don't know what it is not from california stop trying to hug me why are your socks pulled up get don't away touch me <laughs> um I was, you know, super still tough. I'm so tough. I'm from Boston. I don't know if you got the memo. I ain't doing none of that shit. Get away from me, you vegans. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, at you some You don't like point, the Red Sox? Yeah. So at some point, I finally was just like, dude, I I'm either going to jump off a fucking bridge or like something needs to change. I'm going to give this one solid shot. And if it doesn't change, I'm checking out, man. Because I just, there's something wrong with my brain. And uh Again, thank God there were guys from Boston there and they were like, dude, you got to try this breath work. The shit will change your life. And I did it and I went in and lo and behold, I had this like, you know, such an emotional breakthrough. And then uh, through keep doing the practice, someone was like, hey, I think you should go get certified. You could really help a lot of guys and a lot of women 
you know, get through this stuff. And at first I was like, that's crazy. Like, I don't, I'm not too hippie enough and know about chakras and fucking crystals and shit. <laughs> I don't want to hug you. And, um, once I realized it wasn't about <laughs> that, it was just about authenticity and knowing trauma. And if there's one thing I know, it's fucking trauma. So what breath work is, is an active meditation. So the way it works is they lay down. And what's cool is I get to be a DJ. I pick the music. So again, you get to be about, the mic shoe. Yeah. So, but we're talking about like, <laughs> you know, how much machine head meant to me, slipknot, hate breed, Metallica, anthrax, yes. the list goes on. Or like when these guys, those songs came on, I'm like, dude, you fucking get it. So mm -hmm. just like Alice in Chains and Stained, and then my music got more diverse into Jasmine Thompson and, you know, uh, Botton Hollow and, uh, you know, all these other genres of music that I listened to and went, fuck, man, I either remember where I was when this song came on or, oh, man, that tears at my heart. You know, how yep, many, yep. you know, Mad Season or Alice in Chains or mm -hmm. uh, Stone Temple Pilots or half the shit's about heroin. Like, how do I All not that. fucking identify to that? You know, I didn't when I was 13. I just thought it was cool music. Now yeah. I get to go, holy fuck, I get it, man. Yeah, this is what they were saying. Yeah. Now I get it. It's a lot so, deeper. So I have everyone lay down and you lay on your back, you lay flat and it's, it's, it's a two pot breath. So it's uh, in uh, lower belly, upper chest, and it's all through the mouth. So you just go. <sighs> so you lay there. So it's kind of, I mean, you go to the gym, you don't just do a set of curls and go, I hope my biceps get bigger. You have to go in there and do a full exercise. It's the same thing with breath work. You can't just lay there and go, <sighs> nothing happened. Well, no shit. You got to put in the work. But when you put in the work for whatever reason, uh, and again, I don't do this because I'm like, well, your chakras come in line and that shit's all cool. I just don't, that's not, I don't think it's relevant to why I do breath work. What happens though, is it's able to shut down that monkey mind. So all the like, I'm worthless. How am I going to pay my bills? Should I have worn this dress? Should I wear this shirt? Does my beard look stupid? Why did I get tattoos? I ate too much. I'm fat. I'm skinny. I'm loser. All the negative. That, yeah, well, not even the, or it just, and then is the TV on? Should I put the TV on? Where's the dog? Do I feel? That monkey mind that's just from the minute you open your eyes, it shuts that down. So if we shut that down, then it goes, oh, fuck. My mom died, and that was pretty goddamn sad. Wow, I remember when I was five, and my mom and dad would fight, and my mom would leave, and I would sit in the window with that locked up chest going, oh, my God, please come back, please come back, please come back. And what happens? She pulls in the driveway, and I go, Oh, fucking thank God. Right. So when she died, here I am a kid in the window looking and looking and looking from 86 to fucking 2018, waiting for that fucking car to pull up that never pulled up, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, so it slows down the, that mind and taps into the shit, that shit that we keep every time you go to cry, especially a man and you go and you fucking swallow it and just stuff yep. it in the pity yeah. of stomach. Yep. And it just, it's like an exorcism really. You know, it's an exorcism of getting rid of this negative shit energy that we've held on to for so long and you let it out and it's good for PTSD, for depression, for trauma. Uh, and, and not even like, even if you're somebody like I'm at a point where I've done so much work that it's not that the trauma goes away either. It's just that the way I explain it is like, it's got me by the ankle now, whereas it used to have me by the neck and make my decisions for you. Where are we going today? Whereas now I kind of drag it around with me. Like it's never going to not be there. I'm never going to have not deployed. My mother's never going to have not died. Like that shit's always going to affect me, but it doesn't have to make my decisions in my life for me anymore. And through breath work, breath work kind of cracked the mold 
And then that allowed me to do more talk therapy, EMDR, neurofeedback is something I highly recommend if you're a veteran, go on homecomingforvets.com. It's free. This is $300 a session thing, and it is offered to veterans for free nationwide. Neurofeedback also changed my life. Um, and yeah, man, again, these are all things that had I not came to California to a softer state, if you will, which it is. It's a totally softer state. Of course and it is. is. But you know We're what? Fucking someone douche bags someone like here. me, I needed that. I, you know, right. that Massachusetts, like, don't shut the fuck up and handle Brutal. your business. Get up, go mm -hmm. to work, put some fucking mm -hmm. dirt on it. It worked for my dad. I wish that could be me. You know, life's tough. Get a helmet, he used to tell me. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And I go, oh, I just wish. And he'd go, wish in one hand, shit in the other. Let me know what you get yep. first. You know, like, mm -hmm. yep. That's how we grew up. Out here, it was a little softer and like, hey, and I, and I, I needed that. I really did. And now I've been able to find a balance of like, Good. it's okay to show some softness. I'll also fucking knock you the fuck out if, if that's what it has to come down to. But I would prefer it does not, sir. Right. Right, you know? but but I will break your neck. Yeah, I, yeah. So is, is California really softer though? The place is on fire. It's gonna fall in the ocean. Oh, stop it! I mean, seriously, it's a whole different kind of hard out there. You're you're kind of living. You're you're living with world destruction every day. They need you know, to have breathing because are everything's a little on softer. Because they know it's, it's just yeah. too much. It's too much, bitch. And it is such a fourth plate, fourth place trophy state, dude. You know what I mean? Like oh, my God. feelings matter and. And everyone's equal, and we all get a trophy. It's like, but nah, the best, thing, but, but the best thing I think is if you if you take from whatever pussy state or hard state, if you take a little bit from yeah. each, just like in the world, I don't know if you're right or left or up or down, but if you take a little bit from here and a little bit from there and apply it to what makes sense for Shane or Josh or Mike or Isaiah, right. you'll be fine. You're in a place where you were in a. I was in a shit place in Massachusetts. I had to go to Bangor, Maine, bro. Bangor, Maine. High school, before I graduated high school, I got arrested for doing some of the stupidest fucking shit. And the rap sheet of misdemeanors, thank God there was no felony on there, was long. And the choice was you go to jail or you fucking pull your head out of your ass and go to some sort of college. And I went to broadcasting school and it was in Bangor, Maine. You don't think that ride up 95 for four hours from Massachusetts was good for me? <laughs> I went really? to broadcasting school, and that's when all my legal problems started. <laughs> You're a different problem, though, Josh. You're a different episode <laughs> altogether, sir. But yeah, I mean, I think the, I think what you touch on is 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 what's applies in anything is just balance. Like everything right. is balance. You what's gotta healthy. find it. I can and go and figure out on, where this is on the TV and play Call of Duty all day long and not sleep or eat. That's not healthy. Mm -hmm. It's not balance. You know what I mean? Nope. So. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, and also I feel like people are so un, uh, not diverse and world traveled. You know how many friends I have that have never left Boston? Maybe they've gone to New Hampshire for a weekend, maybe. And to like, go to the Packy because it's closed on Sunday in Massachusetts. Yeah, that's yeah. all. Driving up Mother to North Reading to Little Peach. Right, right, and, right, uh, right. You maybe you sneak over to Seabrook just for a little yeah. what's up. Um, for some but, fireworks and forget they're in your you trunk. Know, I think, yeah. <laughs> that's the only introduction I had to New Hampshire most of my life was like, when a friend of mine ended up passing away in, in, New, in New Hampshire, in Portsmouth, when I was in high school, I'm like, New Hampshire, isn't that where they sell beer? <laughs> On Sunday? Right. <laughs> and you don't oh, have to wear a seatbelt. Those anarchists. I, you yeah, and you don't have to wear a seatbelt. That's the best. 
There's nothing better than driving from Mass, and as soon as you see enter New Hampshire, go fuck yeah, <laughs> click or click take it. your helmet <laughs> off. <laughs> I love, I love that. I love that the live free or die state doesn't fucking have legalized weed yet. What? That's odd. And and you do everything except is, that? Is, ma is mass legalized? Oh, full blown. Yep. Full blown. It's, a, it's insane here. I mean, you can't walk outside without it smelling like weed everywhere. <laughs> it's like this Which year is now. fine. I never thought I'd live to see this day. I, you know, when I used to, when I, when I was driving from Worcester to Boston, driving back and forth when I was working right. at AAF, you could smell it on the pike going like yep. 65, 70 miles an hour. You could smell it. <laughs> People smoking weed while they were driving. You can walk down the street here in Worcester. Someone will drive by and you're like, oh, yeah, that's some yep. bullshit right and there. And didn't you, you know, start taking a weed class in a parking lot where you used to hide from the cops smoking yeah. weed? Yes. Yeah, the, Northeast, the, uh, the Northeastern yeah. Institute of Cannabis. They used yeah, to be an advertiser of ours on WAF. And Mike and Danielle took the classes. Yeah. So we, we took the classes as part of the deal. And it was in Natick where I grew up and it was in North Natick up near the Wayland border. There's like a big it, digital used to be up there. The company. Big and, industrial uh, park. It was a huge yeah. industrial park. And we used to go there at night cause there was nobody around and we used to smoke weed back there. And the cops would like come rolling in there and we'd run into the woods, you know, we'd hide until they went away. That school was in that section of the woods. We used to run and hide from the cops for smoking weed. And now I was taking classes on how to grow my own and sell my own weed. It was Amazing. just, it was just, it, this whole thing's been playing with my head because it's just, I never thought I'd, I'd see this day, you know, and, and, uh, and I probably shouldn't be, I mean, as a sober guy, you know, I probably shouldn't be talking about it. But no, I, no, again, again, that's, that's not how this works and it's fine. And I no, always, each, you know, to each his own, he's got to do I mean, his thing. After, but even tonight, like after this seven o'clock, I'm leading a meeting, you know, because people ask me, I go, hey, will you speak at this meeting? Will you, will you share your story? And like, that's what I'm here. I want to know more about the breathing thing. I think that's, that's, that's intriguing to me because that's, there's a lot, myself personally, there's a lot I'm, of locked I'm up hoping fucking bullshit. To, yeah, I'm hoping to come once I get back. Uh, I haven't been back. I've been to back mass once. I went out to Maine for a, for a wedding once. But, uh, you know, again, like I, I need a reason. Like, I, you know, my family's kind of spread out, but like I'm not going there to do the fucking duck tour and shit. So like I'm not just going there to go there. Wait, like, why? You're not coming here to do a duck tour? Why? <laughs> Fuck, dude, I've had to do too many of those with family, and it's oh, like, yeah. for fuck's sakes. And they're like, I'm Captain fucking Sarge. Am I getting on the fucking trolley again? Aye, aye, aye. Should we like, go on this is one boat next? This, this is where, where Cheers is. Yeah, God. Was um, where Cheers was. But, so I, I'm doing know, something right? with my buddy out here. One of the guys from, we did an episode with uh, a couple of the athletes from Hard to Kill Fitness, and one of them is a uh, ex-Special Forces and he's an LA cop out here. And, uh, you know, again, man, this is like, you know, my life is so nuts where like I have officers reaching out to me today and being like, Hey, it's really inspirational. I hear your story and, and you know, all this stuff. And like, I, dude, I never thought that would be me ever. You know, I was always fucked the police, all this shit. And it's like, for what, man? Like I didn't have a fucking genuine reason. I just wanted to be angry. We all grew up though. Yeah. Yeah. We I all think, grew the fuck that, up. I that's what that, happens. That's part of it too, is just like, right. I don't know if it just took that I had, you know, it took age, but, uh, I just don't have that fight in me anymore. I have a fight in me for other shit now, you know, and that's right. to be good. Like, I feel good like, for you. like it's like a, like a villain that like turned into a, 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 a hero for good. Like I started using my powers for good instead of evil. You right. Know? No, it's, it's well, like, yeah. it's like, it's like the Joker that just said, you know what? I'm going to do a nonprofit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's Come like up. the Joker that started selling cool merch, you know? Right, That's like, right, <laughs> yeah. right. like this. Well, it's, um, it's, it's great. Or this. You've taken 
you know, you've taken those experiences you've had that would, you know, good for you, man. I applaud that. For some people that would, that would just, you know, kill or, you know, beat down forever and they just keep going down that spiral, but you've taken them and now you're helping people get out of that same place, you know? So that's, uh, you know, is, is that, is that like predestined? Were you supposed to go through that stuff? You know, or is I that guess, just, is that you know, just it's, again, like I, I, I think sometimes I go like, man, if only I had got sober earlier, if only I didn't stab that kid and go to prison. You can't if do that I, though. You can't. Every one of those right. moments, sorry to interrupt. Every one of those moments makes you who got you me to are where right I am now. now. Yeah. All of so, us. So again, my thing is I just didn't die and I didn't get convicted of right. life in prison. That's the only two things I, I happen to to get lucky with. And you added that, the prison to it. The first thing you said earlier, I, I completely agree. You didn't die. Right. No, you had friends it, that have died. You have a bunch of bros and, and, and sisters that have died. You didn't. And, and you that's took why, like, that I don't, I don't, I don't agree with like, well, you had a greater purpose. So what they didn't, I think I no, just, got no, lucky, no, no, no. You snuck through lucky. who gives no. a shit. You snuck through yeah. and you got a chance to fucking make a difference and have some fun. And you, and now, you know, you learned. You learned, yeah. like you learned a lesson mm-hmm. and now you can pass oh, it. You, you watch people you know? die and you watch people go to jail and you watch people get hurt and all the things that we've all been through at different times. You know, you, you look at that and if you don't learn from that, then you're dead inside. Like if yeah. you don't look at a situation and go, shit, this parent or family member died or this friend went to jail or I made a mistake or I did so, I feel humbled for a mistake I made. You, you fucking, you all, you, we all learn from it, you know? If I knew what I knew now at 50 when I was 20, I don't even know how that would have turned out. Yeah, and even like the I'm, I I won't talk about it on this episode, but you you guys What are you going to edit this? To, no, I just don't feel like editing it, so I'm just, you know, the reason why Leave I'm going to talk no, okay, Leave it okay, in. Whatever, whatever. But Open the, up. what what has gone on with like me and my legal issues and stuff and like sometimes I'm walking around just hating myself being like, why, why did I even go out that night? And like, I, I hate myself for it, but I'm like, but also things happen that from that event that have made me better. And I know that will never happen again because I'm, I'm, I know not to put myself in that kind of situation. And also Shane speaking about um, prison and, linking up with people in LA that were from Boston. I know that you and uh, Stevie blue eyes follow each other. Did you guys do time together? <laughs> no. So, so, okay. So the, 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 you know, again, man, it's, it's my life is cra- like, so my friends back home are 100% under the oppression that I have an infinity pool and I'm fucking just out here fucking strippers and celebrities. And like, it's not hey, the case. You're not? Like, That's why you're I'm on in the an show. Ap- I'm in an apartment in Koreatown. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I work, I, I, I do these things, but I've, I've been able to, for whatever reason, again, I don't know why. And the stars just aligned and my paths have crossed with certain people. And uh, Stevie is a friend of, um, like, I didn't even meet him through Theo. Uh, uh, just another kid from back home who's friends with him and Brian Callen and shit. And he was like, uh, yo, you should have Stevie on, blah, blah, blah. So, Stevie and I just kind of, I reached out to him and like a lot of things. I just reach out. A lot of people, some will keep me on red. Some won't even read them and some reach back. And that, you know, again, what do I have to lose? The worst thing you're going to do is tell, I've reached out to Sean Allen from Lions, not thieves. Never heard back from him. It's all good, man. How am I going to know if I don't take a shot? Maybe yeah. one day he just responds. If not, that's cool too. But right. so with Stevie, I just hit him up and was like, Hey man, I'm another kid from the North shore. He's from like Peabody or Beverly or some shit. 
And I'm like, I'm from the North Shore. Did a lot of time. I know you did. He did Fed time. But, uh, you know, and I His I know story's doing, wild, too. Yeah. And, I know and had, doing, like, stage five cancer or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, he actually just had, he had COVID, too. Um, Jesus my God. Christ. But, uh, uh, being married to his chick, I guess, makes up for it. But, um, <laughs> uh, but, but, um, but yeah, so we just started talking and we just like kind of became friends through social media. And like, I, I was trying to get him in on the first one and then trying to get him in on this one. And he's like, you know, I, I want to do your podcast just so you know, ask anyone, I don't do podcasts ever. And, uh, again, it's just one of those things where it just hasn't aligned yet. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but, uh, but Steve, Stevie's a good guy. And, and, you know, we, we just, uh. We're not BFFs and going. Keep fucking grinding, though. Who cares? Keep asking. Who gives a fuck? That's how we do this. Not me. Hey, you want to be on? Yes or no? No? Fine. Yes, fine. And some people, yeah, go ahead. I'm just saying, uh, you know, your story is really inspirational. And we were talking about the success of podcasts earlier. And I think that your story is what's going to make it a success because there are people who aren't ready to talk about it. Like we were talking about earlier, who don't want to be vulnerable just yet, but maybe they'll, they'll listen to your podcast, you know, and even though they won't be able to talk to you or anyone else directly, it'll hopefully push them in that direction. Well, you know, by I, hearing again, other people talk, you know, and never mind. I, again, I didn't do this cause I thought I, I was going to get rich. I didn't do this because I thought I was right. going to be famous. You wanted to I, talk to shoe and request slipknot. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> no machine head. That's machine head. <laughs> um, but, you, uh, hey, can we play machine head Josh? Yeah. before we get sued so um (laughs) cancel uh, us fuck them but again i just i just wanted to have i just wanted to have fun with it and um we appreciate uh, it man yeah you know it's it's just uh i'm just i'm just i keep just trying to take opportunities and and see oh like i was saying i didn't do this for like fame fortune anything um, I just wanted to have fun with it. And the amount of people that reach out to me, and I try to make sure I, I respond to a lot of them, but that go like, hey, man, really cool to see you, whether it's on Deviant Gentleman or on Fresh Out or whatever. And like your story and the way, you you know, what you're talking about and the truth and you really helped me through this and I was really depressed and all this stuff. And like, I mean, dude, that what better feeling is there knowing that all I had to do is just be my authentic self and someone appreciated that and it helped them kind of go, wow, maybe that's something I I've been Mm -hmm. missing or maybe that's something I could do. You know, I just feel like we don't do that enough. It's always, you know, I can do the laughy jokey. I can do the tough guy. We can talk about prison. We can talk funny. We can talk Boston, all that shit. But how many times are people actually willing to just kind of go, you know, and what I love about the program that I'm in the 12 step program that I'm in and the guys that I know is like, we fuck around to no end, but at just any given time, I can downshift into second and go, hey, man, I need to talk to you for real. And it's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. What's up? You know? And it's, you don't feel judged for it. And it's not someone going, you're a pussy, toughen the fuck up or any of that shit. It's like, what's on your mind, man? You know? And I got guys that can relate to exactly what I'm going through. And uh, I just never, you know, when I was back home growing up, it was never like, you know, hey, Sully, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm kind of sad today, man. What do you got going on later? You know what I mean? That was never a thing. Right Whereas now it is. And like, it's okay. You know? And I, I really didn't think that that was ever going to be okay. I felt I didn't like it. Even dude, well, the thing with Tommy, even like to go like, okay, think about what's going on right now to assess and think and like go through this and go, you know what? And go like, Hey man, look, I was wrong about some, that's, Oh man. You know, like that makes me feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting conked and I'm letting and it's And it's not, man, it's being a fucking human being. And like, what's more important to me? You know, and I tell people all the time, you want to be right or you want to be happy. You can't be both. You cannot be yeah. both. And I want to be happy. 
Right on. Right on, man. Well, Shane, thanks a lot. Very inspirational, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for taking the time and and uh, and keep doing what you're doing. The Deviant Gentleman's podcast is awesome with Tommy Beck from Bad Wolves. Uh, when he's not out. cutting Shane off. <laughs> oh! I will fight you we'll, we'll if you cut that, me off uh, again. We'll wait for that pay-per-view fight. I'll, believe me, <laughs> I'll double for it, man. It should be pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, but, Shane, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it. Thank yeah, thanks, Shane. Thank you, guys. Josh, appreciate it. Isaiah, nice to meet you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you, brother. Thank you. I want to be in touch with the breathing thing. No joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if I get back to Boston too, I'll uh, I'll let you guys know what's going on. And uh, thank you. Yeah, hit us up, and we'll do this in person too. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, good luck, uh, good luck uh, house hunting in Texas, man. Hope you find Thanks, a nice too. one. Appreciate right. it, man. Have a good right. one. We have some good ones in Worcester, so you know, yeah, keep your options open. You ever want to come to the city of the Seven Hills? Come explore. <laughs> yeah, that's that. that's on my list. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Kelly Square way is way nicer now. now. Oh. <laughs> All right, later, guys. I right, see you, man. Thanks, buddy. Thanks.